Thank you, Pierre. Flagler Live, and good Friday morning, everybody. It's uh, almost back to school time. Well, Shaka, you're already back to school, aren't you? That's right. Our teachers returned on Wednesday, and so we're excited to get started with this school year. Do you ever get? Do you get a summer vacation? No. <laughs> <laughs> when you hear the song "School's Out for Summer," you don't get excited. Huh? No, that is definitely a <laughs> misunderstanding of what happens during the summer. Well, Shakamore, good to have you back. She is our interim um, superintendent, and are you going to go for the big job and the permanent one? I'm not sure. I'm focused right now on the next six months. Hey, for two hundred grand, I would. <laughs> Put your name in then. Okay, yeah. All right, put your name in. Brian, good to have you. Good morning. morning. Co-host Brian McMillan, formerly of the uh, Palm Coast Observer, but still a freelance writer. And um, also we've got uh, Tommy is with us here. Tommy Woolleyhan. Yes, sir. Tommy Woolleyhan. And um, you are the uh, district safety specialist at the schools. Absolutely. We're going to find out about that. You know, when you think of safety right away, you think of shootings and things, but there's a whole lot of other things on your agenda, right? Absolutely. All right. Very good. And um, and also we have uh, Angie Bush with us, director of food services. Good morning. Happy to be here. Your job is to feed how many kids a day? Uh, seven to eight thousand. Well, lunches seven to eight thousand. Another four thousand breakfasts and some snacks on the side. Wow. Okay. So I mean, we, I'm just curious. Like on ordering food, it's like an army or something. It's like you're, you know, feeding and cooking, and and you have to follow nutritional laws and things, right? Nutritional laws, purchasing laws. There's a lot of guidelines. Yes. Does ketchup still count as a vegetable? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I just had to ask about that one. I get I get that question a lot at my own dinner table as well. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, it's kind of um, exciting always, the beginning of the school year. I know we're excited here because we're going to be carrying the high school football games live, the game of the week, and... Um, and so new coaches and new players and, you know, practice and a lot more than football. The other teams are already out there. It's just like any sport you can think. Of. I know my granddaughter was on the girls weightlifting team of all things. And, and uh, you know, it's just a tiny, skinny little thing, you know, and I was like, how can you? But, but you know, it's great competition and, and all the coaches and, and everybody. It's a hundred and forty two million dollar budget we have to uh, run 14 schools and, you uh, Take care of what, 12, 13,000 kids? Yes, just under 13,000 students um, here in Flagler schools. Um, And yes, it's a a, a big budget um, that we um, have to um, use to operate our schools. Is it the is it the right amount? I mean, you know, nobody always ever says well, now we got too much, but um, is it a pretty good budget to get things done, Lashaka? We we definitely don't have too much. Um, that's for sure. Um, we, we're always looking for ways that we can be more fiscally responsible um, in order to run our operations efficiently, also to ensure that we're competitive in our salaries as well. If you had if you had a few more million dollars. In the budget, like what would be a priority that you would think would be something you'd want to advocate for? I think the board would definitely advocate for higher salaries for for our um, our employees. Yeah, and didn't uh, teachers did get a raise, somewhat of a raise this year, right? Didn't the legislature vote in a raise across the board. Um, yes, that raise was um, really for that starting salary teacher position, and so as a district. Um, along with the other districts, we really work to say, how does that impact all of our teachers, um, ensuring that we have the dollars to not only raise the base, but raise the entire salary schedule. Um, schedule. So, so, go ahead. Brian. So it's like 
now basically it's like someone skipped the first couple steps in their salary, but it doesn't help someone who's been there for three or four years. That's a good way to describe gotcha. it. Um, it. It did cause some compression here in our district. It caused, caused about nine years of compression. Um, in some districts, it caused 12, 15, I mean, many years of compression that we continue to work to uncompress, <laughs> decompress. <laughs> well, I know. It's a, a big job, and it's it's the biggest employer, right, in the county, Flagler County Schools, I would imagine. Yes, we okay. currently are the biggest employer in the um, county. So it is a big job. Yeah. I mean, so it's an important work. Um, you know, being a school district, I truly feel that we are one of the most important entities here in a community, especially when we look at um, wanting and being invested in, in our community thriving. Our school systems have to thrive, and so we have to do a good job in um, our school system because that directly impacts what our community looks like. What is the – I've always been kind on um, why is it that our um, the population here has grown 27% in the last 13, 14 years. And yet our uh, public school population of students has remained pretty much flat for all that period of time. What's, uh, what gives? I think it's a lot of different uh, factors. And, you know, we are actually going to be presenting to the board on August 15th um, updated information through Davis Demographics that will look at what is the projected enrollment of our, our, our schools um, to really look and identify, are we truly flat? Are we growing? Are we projected to grow um, based on the, the children that are living here in Flagler schools? So that information will definitely be as current as we can get it. Um, we will be presenting that information to the board on August 15th. Okay. Yeah. So we'll have to come back and have a conversation around are what, we truly flat or not. What is it going to say? August 15th. <laughs> Come on. Tell us. You can tell us. Yeah, August trust 15th, us. We can 1 p.m., we will be giving a presentation to the board on that. And then we will begin to work with um, our community on different agreements that we have within our community based on the population of students that we have here in Flagler Schools. The new uh, legislature did this thing on the uh, voucher program where parents, they can send their kids to a charter school, private school, homeschool, public school, whatever, a big variety of things. And it's like eight grand or something like that. They can spend where they want to with it. How does that affect the public schools? So anytime a, a student leaves to go and um, go be educated somewhere else, it definitely has an impact on the public school. Um, you know, right now we have universal choice within our, our state, which is through House Bill 1, where families can um, elect to go and go to a pr public um, charter, private, or even homeschool. Um, for us, you know, we, we're glad that our families um, have these choices. We want them to continue to choose us, but choosing us makes us um, really have to continue to work to be the best choice for our families. We want families choosing to go somewhere else because of the service we do not provide, but not choosing to go somewhere else when we already provide that service. So we want to just continue to work to make sure that we're providing the best service to our, stu to mm -hmm. our students so our families continue to choose us. So a parent can, it's not all or nothing, they can say, hey, I, I think the public school system is great for this. I want my kid playing sports and, and uh, the school's good with math and things, but I want him to go to a, take classes at a another school, a private school, for other things that may be better at or more advanced or something that 
So they so isn't that the idea of it that the parents can direct their kids' education? Absolutely, a parent can really uh, create what they envision for the best education for their child, and we will gladly work with our families in order to do that. Um, be it from sports or specific classes, um, you know, we do a great great work with our career and technical education. Um, maybe they want to come and do some of that at our schools. So we want to work with our families as they choose and design whatever education they want to see with their 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 child. Okay. There's, there's a lot of things that are already have been in place like that for a long time, like dual enrollment, I think is Absolutely. a good example. You could take some classes at, say, Matanzas High School, but drive to, you know, multiple other places, um, DSC, but also doesn't Bethune-Cookman have an agreement now? And yes, I'm we not have, sure if there's others. Yes, Embry-Riddle? University of Florida, we have agreements. Yeah. So lots of different agreements. And, and I think that's the biggest thing is letting families know that it's not all or nothing. There is choice. And so how do we work collaboratively with our families to ensure even the, the ones that choose strictly public schools? How do we work together to ensure that we're providing the best education possible for their child? Well, and it was, okay, well, you know, let's, hey, let's make it competitive, you know, because there are some public schools that don't perform well. And they're like, okay, well, time to step up the game and let's compete here. And, you know, if you believe in competition and, and um, brings everybody's standards up, do you go along with that? I think there's um, a bit of truth in that as well. Um, but for me, I think for Flagler schools, we have to continue to strive to be the best and be better so that our families continue to choose us. But again, regardless of what, we still will be the largest educators here in this community. And Flagler schools has to thrive and do well so that our, our community continues to benefit um, from that. So regardless of how many students choose to go somewhere else, we still have to do better within Flagler schools. So what I see online, it says that basically ten, eleven thousand dollars the school gets per kid that's in the school system, and you spend like nine thousand per kid on an as a big average across the board on it. So that um, and the vouchers are eighty five hundred, right? Something like that. So it's all pretty much close in there on. And I think when we really look at what is spent per student, um, there would there would be some. Um, numbers that we wouldn't necessarily agree on. When we think about transportation, you know, are we fully funded in order to transport the students the way that we do here in Flagler schools? Um, you know, maybe, maybe not. Mm -hmm. And so um, the number, the eight thousand um, plus dollars that families um, receive, again, it's. I don't think it's about the amount. Right. It's about families being able to have a choice. But whatever they choose, we need it to be the best education for those students because they live here in Flagler County. Is this Mr. Odo we've been talking about? This is Mr. Odo. <laughs> Mr. Odo, step up to a microphone there. Good, good, good morning. Good morning. Good to, good to have you in this morning. Because so, um, uh, Lashaka, our superintendent here, just mentioned, um, you know, that's true. The schools provide not well it is like free transportation as far as the parents are concerned they don't you don't have to put your quarter in the in the bus every time you get on it um so you're in the transportation department here and um with all the buses and all the kids and everybody moving six days or five days a week um is it chaotic get real close to that mic if you would <laughs> it sounds like it would be to me so well to be honest yeah it is a little chaotic but it's a controlled chaos 
So we, you know, yesterday, for example, was a good, ex you know, we had our in-service yesterday for all of our drivers. It's mandatory. Uh, they have to come in before we actually start transporting the children just to make sure that everybody is aware and remembers all of the appropriate policies and procedures in terms of getting the kids safely to, and to school and back home again. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it is a little chaotic. We've got about 129 people there. So, How many buses? 94 right now. 94. Yep. And they all run on, what, diesel, gasoline? Diesel. Okay. And they all have seat belts? They do. We have seat belts. Um, in addition to that, we have actually 10 new buses right now that we just acquired, thanks to the board and to Superintendent Moore, that we went ahead and we got everything together. But those new buses right now that we have, um, they actually have a lot of technology on them too, which is what we're very proud of, that uh, we have now buses that have predictive stop arms. So that means that now if a car is coming towards the bus at a stop, that if the, the radar determines that if the car is too fast, it won't be able to stop in time, it actually gives a verbal warning to all of the children to not cross the road. Hmm. So everything we're doing right now is basically for the safety of the kids. Is there cameras in the buses? Yeah, all the buses have cameras. Inside and out. Inside and out. <laughs> okay. The new ones actually have 360 cameras on top, so the driver can actually see all the way around the bus completely. Now, before the show, uh, Lashaka was saying that parents can uh, have a, there's an app where they can track their bus with that their kid's going to be on and where it is and all that. Can talk about that? Yes, sure. Um, that's one of the features that we have as well in terms of our GPS units on the bus and the technology that I was referring to. We have um, we use a company that provides us with GPS data live, and it also provides us with an app, which is called Here Comes the Bus. And we're making a big push, and I hope everybody shows up on Saturday for the Back to School Jam because we'll have additional handouts for that where we're referencing it. The app is easy to download. The parents can then, once they have downloaded the app, they all, need, all they need to do is input the school district code, which is 73656. And once they have put that in, they need their student ID. Once they have that entered, and they can enter multiple students at the same time, once they have that in there, they can actually track the bus. They can see the bus that's coming to pick up their child. They can see when it's about a mile away from, where, from their bus stop. And the new technology also we are employing right now is, or we'll be starting actually beginning of this new school year, is scanning. So we're scanning IDs as the children come, as the students come on the bus. And once they have scanned on, the parents actually get a notification real time wow. that their student has scanned onto the bus. And the same thing when they scan off at the school. Ah, so, okay, so the school gets it where, hey, Johnny didn't get on the bus this morning. Correct. As well as the parents, whether the parents see it or not, the school knows Johnny's not on the bus, but then, if, say, the parents brought him or he got there a different way, do they scan him when they come into the school? At this point, they do not scan them once they go into the school. But we would take attendance during um, first period, and if a student is not present, then their families would receive a phone call that lets them know that their child is not in school. What's getting tougher and tougher to cut class, isn't it? <laughs> Gee whiz, can't get away with anything anymore. <laughs> we got to take a break, and we will be back. It's all about back to school here in Flagler County. We have in the studio LaShaka Moore, our uh, superintendent of schools, Angie Bush, Tommy Willian, and uh, Mr. Odo, Jason Wheeler, and um, also Brian McMillan, co-host, and a shout-out to a listener in Ohio thinking of moving down here. 
Nancy Lee. Thanks for listening. We'll be right back. is here. Insurance companies don't like us for good reasons, and I can give you millions of reasons. I'm Josh Woolsey. Car crash, personal injury, call us first. Offices Jacksonville and now Palm Coast. WoolseyMorkham.com. I ain't your mama, but I know she would tell you, don't drive around on bad tires. If you don't have the money for tires right now, come and see me. We have a drive today, pay tomorrow plan. Don't risk yours and other people's safety. Come and see me. I'm Bob Gordon. And thanks again for voting Quantum Tires number one in Flagler County. Quantum Tires and Auto Repair. You know where we are. At the corner of State Road 11 and the railroad tracks. Downtown Bunnell. Quantum Tires. Make your mama proud. See this? It's a generator for your home. Never needs gas, no moving parts, and it's quiet as a church mouse. Hurricane or power outage headed our way? No worries now. It's a solar generator for your home that works day and night and pays for itself through energy savings and tax credit. Hi, folks. This is Bill Gallagher with SolarFit. We're your Tesla-certified Powerwall installer, and the future is here. Give us a call today for all the details. 445-7606. SolarFit your life and set yourself free with the sun's free energy. So I wanted to come back to Palm Coast where I live and they gave me the opportunity to work with them. What we're trying to do is really help provide more efficiency in how government officials are being able to see their data and so that they can also improve the type of um, decision making. Nine twenty-seven, free for all Friday. If you're listening on the podcast, it's probably not nine twenty-seven, but you can listen to ours and all the shows we have on the weekend here on the Flagler Radio mobile app, FlaglerBroadcasting.com, and got a great lineup of local hosts, all about local topics here on local radio, WNZF. And glad you're with us this morning. We're talking about schools, back to school. Starting from the top down, we've been talking with our Lashaka Moore, who we've been talking with you since you were a principal at, uh, was it Beltier or something? Rimfire. Rimfire, okay. Yes. All right. And uh, that was how long ago? Um, I was the principal of Rimfire three years ago. I was going to say, it doesn't seem like that long ago. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Moving up fast here, which is great. But um, no, you do a great job. So Thank you. I do I, hope you throw your hat in for the full-time superintendent. I, I, mean, job, I don't know so. if I want to go up against you. You've already mm. said that you're going to do it. Well, only if you don't. But it'll be a part-time job for me for 200 grand. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tommy Woolian, who is our district safety specialist for schools in Flagler County, and um, district safety specialist. What's your job description? So I oversee all the safety and security for the school district. It was a mandated uh, position um, after 2018, after the Marjorie Stoneman mm-hmm. Douglas incident. Um, so, so how did you get into <clears throat> school safety, and what's your background? No, absolutely. Um, I came to Flagler County as an administrator in 2015, Uh, so I've been in this district for quite a while. Um, Started as a teacher, worked my way up through administration. Um, In 2021, I accepted this position. Okay. And and, um, what is it? What do you do all day? I'm the liaison between the sheriff's office and the school district, the Palm Coast Fire Rescue, uh, Flagler County Fire Rescue. Um, I also uh, work with our administrators, making sure that there's 
they're in compliance with state law. We're in compliance with state law at the district level as well. Okay. And so do you, so you walk around inspecting things? I do. I do. I visit. Are you like undercover? They go, Oh my God, here comes Tommy. (laughs) No, no, no. I, I'm not, I'm not a got you guy. Um, I work with our schools. Um, I work with the office of safe schools through the department of education, um, making sure that when we have our compliance audit checks that we are, we are making sure that we are up to date. So a kid comes out of the bathroom, you're not checking to see if they wash their hands? No, 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 no. That is not my responsibility. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, I'm just asking because the word safety yeah. encompasses all kinds of things. Right. And, um, you know, and, and today with school shootings and stuff like that, that's the big thing on people's minds. But yet that's really not the biggest threat in everyday things. I mean, there's diseases and, and yeah. viruses and heebie-jeebies things all over the place. I, and, absolutely. No, I, I mean, just yesterday we, we got our... Uh, Florida Department of Health uh, inspection reports uh, sent to my email as well. So we're, we're making sure. We're Otherwise known as the heebie-jeebie reports. <laughs> so how do we do? Um, I, I believe uh, we're working with uh, our custodial staff and our, our plant services staff. Uh, we're, we're pretty good on that. So they come, the health department comes in like they would a restaurant or something with a white glove test and looking for rat turds in the cafeteria and things? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just like any restaurant? Yes. I mean, yeah. And I, okay. All I right. I believe Ms. Bush at can probably speak on the on the cafeteria inspection if there's any. Yeah, well, let's talk about that. Okay. <laughs> Actually, um, get real close to that the, mic, if please. There, the Angie. Inspe- Angie Bush. Thank you. The inspections are are separate. The ones that Tommy are Tommy is referring to um, are more of a facilities inspection, but they do inspect us quarterly, all of the cafeterias, and our um, inspections are online. They're posted online on the district webpage, the food service webpage, so, all the schools, so people can see what what the results are. All the schools have cafeterias. Yes. Do kids still bring a brown bag lunch or a lunch box to school? Sure, sure, some do. Did you do that, Brian? I did. It's like Peanut a, butter sandwich every day of my life. With a, <laughs> in your SpongeBob lunchbox? No, was, this is pre-SpongeBob, I believe. Oh, okay. <laughs> was it metal? No, it was a brown paper bag. Those Yours are, was a bag. I yep. have a metal one. My those, mom, those are the saint, items made, made a you know, whole row of lunches for, for her children every morning. Okay. I didn't realize what a great blessing that was until I became lunches. a parent myself. <laughs> But. See, I was, I was, yeah, it was brown bag, and it was, it was the rich kids got to buy their lunch, you know, and they they would, you know, I'd sit there with my peanut butter sandwich in the in, in the bag, and some, and they'd come out with a meatloaf and, um, and and the macaroni and cheese in the cafeteria for some reason was always the best in the schools for mac and cheese. Is it still that way? Our current macaroni and cheese product is very good. It's very good. Okay. It is not homemade at this point in time, but it's um from a company called jtm and it's excellent yeah we don't care if it's homemade we just want to know is it good yeah. <laughs> it's very good it's so very do you good. do as the uh, um the food services um, director do you have to do you taste everything i have tasted everything yes okay 100 percent. i have what's your favorite <laughs> yeah what is your favorite um it, actually it's a product we no longer have it's brookwood pork um, shredded pork That's and it terribly was absolutely sad. delicious. Um, Don't you have any authority to? <laughs> I, I, I do. I have some decision making authority. However, it's not it's not easy to get food. Um, we've had a lot of challenges through COVID and even post COVID. Our supply chain hasn't settled down yet. So, so, so you have a budget to feed. Tw- well, some kids bring their lunch, but how many how many kids actually buy their lunch? Around seven thousand a day, district wide. Okay, and you have a budget, right? So you're running like a like a big chain of Morrison's cafeterias or something? We are. And and the interesting thing about our budget 
um, it's it's separate from the school district general fund, and we actually we don't receive funding until after the students participate. So we we operate very much like a restaurant. We don't get the money up front to try and decide what we purchase. We have to wait, and we have to entice them to come in, and they have to participate in our program, and then we're reimbursed afterwards. So you. Like in buying, which is a, a big thing I've always admired, I mean, for that massive amount of food, like with Cheney Brothers, things like that, you negotiate with them or, you know, some people, do they, the wholesalers have something on sale one month and whatever? Yeah. I mean, how do you go about ordering? I mean, with it, is there a real consistency to your customer base? To answer your first question, um, we have to competitively procure every item so what we have right now in place is a district is a distribution bid with benny keith um so our our agreement is with them to deliver food products at cost plus their fee for delivering um and then within that they competitively bid for products for us we can't just choose things they have to go out and get pricing and then it has to be acceptable to the students there's a process for it Mm. um with regard to the consistency of the customer base um that's a tough one it's it's not consistent and even within our schools there are different um, preferences, different menu preferences from school to school at times. How do you, yeah, how do you know whether it's acceptable to students? We watch the trend over time and, huh. and see what so more days people the participation are, more goes people up are down. buying the mac and cheese, then you make sure it's a more available. Yes, available more That's often. That's what we try wow. to do. One thing, because I'm trying to think back, there was like on uh, they had like lasagna on Wednesdays, and it's like, oh, mom, can I please, you know, not take my peanut butter sandwich <laughs> on Wednesday? They're having lasagna. Is there do, uh, do the kids like one? Is there one big hit uh, thing that they like better than anything? And what is it? It's pizza. Yeah, my daughter really? buys on it's Monday pizza. and Wednesday because really? yes. there's pizza. Hundred percent pizza. Oh. Okay. All right. So you have a good pizza. We do. We have a, a great pizza line that comes through our distribu- distributor. And we also entered into agreement with Domino's this year. Um, and we will be bringing Domino's um, school compliant pizza in periodically to the schools. Meaning what's different about it? They're, the <laughs> The crust is whole grain. The Ooh. sauce has different sodium and sugar levels than their normal sauce. Um, and their cheese has to be low fat. Those are the main So it tastes better than just going to Domino's? I, taste is a preference, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is an excellent product. I'm not saying that, but taste yeah. is a preference. I have had it. It is good. Yes. Good. Chocolate milk. All right. I saw they're trying to keep chocolate milk from being sold in the school how stupid you know these legislators that drank chocolate milk their whole lives need to shut up and let the kids drink chocolate milk that's my opinion what is the deal with chocolate milk in the schools we have to follow regulations (laughs) um regardless of my opinion about things i'm here to follow regulations but i I don't disagree with you i think chocolate milk is a is an excellent health option we care about your opinion angie yeah (laughs) thank you yeah that's right she works for the government right you can't voice your opinion on this but i'm glad we agree on that we agree we're actually very excited because breakfast and lunch will be free for our students this year and so we're really excited about that we are excited for all schools, all wow. students, all grade levels. So, and this is a legislative Stop uh, thing. Stop buying that just the passed, peanut butter right? sandwiches, man. Right? Yep. So, okay, well, let's talk about that because wasn't that a new thing with the legislature that it wasn't just because um, you had to be a poor kid to be able to qualify to get free lunch or breakfast, right? There were qualifiers, yeah. And, <laughs> and now, <laughs> and now, anybody, no matter how wealthy you are, you can still get. Uh, a free lunch or whatever. So wouldn't that be pretty much everybody? Wouldn't your food cost go way up this year? 
food the food cost is it will if we if our participation increases uh, um, of course it will but also there's funding that we get after the students participate regardless okay. of their economic level um, so, uh, that that helps with that so that kind of shows I mean depending on how many like people aren't just bringing their food because they don't feel like they can afford the lunch at school it's it's a lot of preference like I'd rather have this food from home sometimes so you're not going to go up to twelve thousand something bought lunches no hot hot lunches at at school no and in fact during the covid years we had we had restriction um not restriction i'm sorry legislation reg i'm struggling (laughs) regulation loosening i'm uh, sorry sorry everybody struggling with the words um so we were able to feed everybody all of the students offer meals for free during that time period for about a two-year time period and we did not have Every student didn't participate during that time period. So. We did our million dollar foodathon, which turned out to be a half a million dollar foodathon. We only <laughs> got to half of what we were. We just shot high and thought, "What the hell? Let's see what happens." And we got half, so we got over a hundred thousand dollars raised for the uh, Grace Community Food Pantry. Nice. Pastor Solano um, said that he hears from, and by the way, these people are they have to qualify to get the free food bank food. And uh, there's like some people say stupid things like, oh, I see nice cars in line, you know, so I'm not going to give money to that because these people don't need it. Well, that's really stupid because um, what you want to see a whole bunch of junkers in line than you would give. I mean, anyway, so all these people have to make car payments and things. But back to the schools, so many of the parents said that that meal that they got in school when they're out for the summer and they don't get the meal was a, a big um, part of their family budget when you have three kids or four kids and suddenly they're eating you know breakfast and lunch at home where they were getting breakfast and lunch at the school um, that puts a real hurting on them and um, uh, so and he had said that there's like 600 kids in the public school system that are technically homeless that are in the the Flagler County school system does that does that match up with things you've heard Michelle? Um, I don't have the exact number of students that we have um, that we call families in transitions. Mm-hmm. And um, there are different um, categories of that. Um, and so we do have several students within our school system that their families are in transition and or that are in need of additional food resources through Grace Food Pantry or many of the other um, opportunities that are here available um, within our community. Okay. Um, what do you want anything? What do you want to say to the parents, Angie, about um, about your you know for the the food, the schools, the meals, and all that kind of stuff? Anything that parents should know that maybe they don't know that you wish you could tell them? Um, one thing is that um, we have we have an app as well. It's called School Cafe. Um, I would love for parents to engage with that. Um, there's no cost to sign up for it. You can put money funds on your student's account to buy the extras that we will be selling, but there's no cost to sign up and you can track your student's activity. Um, You can keep up with the most recent menu. And I think my ask regarding a menu would be just some patience from our community for for a few weeks. Um, The supply chain is still a little bit rocky and we're working very hard to to straighten that out so that we have a consistent menu for our students, but it's going to be a few weeks into the school year before that happens. Okay. What is your background? Were you, were you a chef at one time or what's your, how did you get into this business? Um, I went to school for hospitality management at Michigan state university. Um, and then I've, I've, have some experience at the university in their food service as well, as well as some restaurant experience. Okay. K-12. Do you like what you do? I love what I do. All right, good. 
Hey, we're going to take a break. We're going to go back to Tommy and talk more about some uh, school security. Also, dress code, dress code. Is there a dress code for teachers as well? I've seen some teachers that look a little ratty going into school, but um, do they have a dress code as well? We do um, ask that our um, teachers, all of our employees, come in, in a way that is appropriate for their job. All right. Okay, well said. Let's see, that's why you should. Anyway, never mind. I won't go on that. We'll take a break, and we will be right back. Want to flex your golf skills but don't have the time for a full 18 holes? Head on down to the Palm Harbor Golf Club. You can hit up our driving range with a bucket of balls for a long-distance workout or head over to our putting green to work on your short game. Either way, you're going to get in a great game of golf. For more information or to book a tee time, visit us at palmharborgolfclub.com or give us a call at 386-986-4653. That's 386-986-GOLF. So you're ready to list it? We're ready to sell it. This is Sam Perkovich, broker-owner of Parkside Realty Group. Stop by our office in Town Center or call us at 302-0300. Visit us online at parksiderealtygroup.net. You know what I like about people who drive Mercedes? They have an appreciation for quality. Hi, I'm Andy from Auto Hustle Palm Coast. If it has anything to do with Mercedes-Benz, we can do it. From maintenance and basic services to major repairs. If you or somebody you know owns a Mercedes-Benz, I would love for you to be my customer. I'm Andy. I'm in the Hargrove Lane Industrial Park. You'll find me. Everybody else has. Or call me anytime. 585-4785. Auto House, Palm Coast. Want to flex your golf skills but don't have the time for a full 18 holes? Head on down to the Palm Harbor Golf Club. You can hit up our driving range with a bucket of balls for a long-distance workout or head over to our putting green to work on your short game. Either way, you're going to get in a great game of golf. For more information or to book a tee time, visit us at palmharborgolfclub.com or give us a call at 386-986-4653. That's 386-986-GOLF. 9.43, Free For All Friday. I'm David Ayers, Brian McMillan, co-host um, at work here today. Happy to be here, Dave. Thanks for showing up. That yeah. uh, always helps. And uh, also have it's back-to-school time and uh, Lashaka Moore, our superintendent, temporarily until they get a full-time one, Angie Bush with Director of Food Services. And also we have Tommy Wilhan. He is the uh, district safety specialist for the schools, and your job is to keep everybody safe. Right? Absolutely. Students and staff. So let's talk about the, the whole na- – by the way, I was looking at school sh- – it goes back to the 1700s, by the way. The first um, One of the first school shootings was a teacher – um, accused a kid of eating walnuts in class, right? And the kid denied it. How could you deny eating walnuts in class? I don't know. But They're anyway, very crunchy. But anyway, and the kid's older brother, he, he like punished him. He, he whipped him, right? Which was back in the day was, you know, corporal punishment was, when I was in, in, uh, in junior high, I how long it goes, the, print, the assistant principal had a paddle on the wall, and if you got sent there, he would whip your ass with that thing. Those and were the days. I know, you know. It was like just kidding. Those are not the days. Well, because I had to go there one time. I'm telling you, <laughs> <laughs> so I can tell you. I don't even know what I did wrong, but it was like I didn't go back the second time. So anyway, the older kids, the kid was eating the walnuts. Said it wasn't him. His older brother didn't like what he did, and he goes in. And there was that was the first shooting. I think it was like in the, it was like 150 years ago. And there's a whole wow. string of these things. Today, and, and of course, back in those days, there wasn't social media, national TV. There wasn't all these kind of things where everybody knows everything that happens. Right. But it's a real thing, and it's something, I'm sure it's a big part of, Tommy, your job here for Flagler Schools is to keep something like that from happening. No, absolutely. How do you go about it? Um, so, 
when I took the position, um, they basically said, you're, you're on call 24-7. Um, so if my phone rings at 2 o'clock in the morning when the sheriff's office is investigating something um, that may affect the school the next morning, um, I'm on call. I'm speaking with Miss Moore and, and our board members, the administrators at the school. Um, very busy, um, but we, we do everything we can. I, I, I think it's very important that, that everybody on the other end listening to this, um, if they are a Flyer County resident, with the passing of the half cent, that was huge for our district alone, um, th- that we are doing some great things. So well, and the whole thing of, uh, you know, um, guardianship, you know, uh, staff being armed, all that kind of stuff, and we voted against that. Were you happy they voted against it, or did you wish we did? It is our board's pleasure right now uh, <laughs> that it was, that it was uh, uh, right now, we, we need to do some more work with guardian program, um, informing our community about the guardian program uh, we do have a great relationship with the sheriff's office on providing our, our what they're called the safe school officers uh, through legislation um, we do have deputies at each of our schools we have two at each high school one at each middle school one at each elementary level plus one at imagine we also have two supervisors that oversee the school resource deputies and when, for this year we did include one at our alternative program school uh, rise up which is located on the campus of fpc I think it's important for me to to say that, you know, we talk about see something, say something, but really reminding our community when you hear of something, being sure to speak up about it. You know, they can go onto our website. They can go to Fortify Florida where they can report incidents and allow for our local trained sheriff's department to look into those things because when you go back and look at all of these school shootings someone knew something every time and so for me see something say something you hear something say something um, and please report the incidents that you're hearing about within the community and so how do they say something who do they say something to so they can report it as miss moore said we we do have two options uh through our district website Um, they can report um through fortify fl Um, they can download the app it's fortifyfl dot uh, get fortifyfl.com um, there are also issue or there's a link on our website at flaggerschools.com if they don't want to go to the website they can also use our let's talk uh, feature that will that will then forward it to myself i'm um, in the appropriate authorities uh, through the sheriff's it office it seems like the most likely way that something like that would happen is a student would tell a teacher I don't know what the teacher then, what their obligation is to... Or a parent. Yeah, or tell a parent, but... Yeah. So, so um, just like Mr. Odo said, we have had a bunch of in-service days throughout all of our departments. Um, each of our schools are getting ready to do their, their welcome back with their faculty at their in-services. We have all of our um, presentations have a part of school safety. Um, so if a student does report something to the teacher, that teacher does have the obligation to report it to the appropriate authorities. Mm-hmm. Can, you, did, can you tell us about the physical buildings? Yeah. You know, what, what, the, what are the, the measures? Because sometimes I drive by and it's like, it's a lot of, you know, daylight coming through all these fences. Um, could someone just hop over a fence at any time? I don't know. It's always scary to like imagine the worst case scenario. Right. But you can't, mm-hmm. you can't, you know, eliminate everything and put everybody in like a big bu- bubble or something no, so made of iron, but we'll start with how do high, you do it? Yeah. So with our high schools, um, this year, now both high schools have, uh, five campus security personnels, um, which their jobs primarily is to roam the hallways, roam the campuses, be at our front guard shacks, checking, uh, visitors in, um, they're on golf carts, they're on foot, 
they are basically walking the perimeter of the campus, ensuring that no no exterior gate is left unlocked, opened. They're manned when they are open. Uh, we do have deliveries, so we want to make sure that when a gate is open, we do have some sort of personnel at that gate when it is open. Uh, they're checking exterior doors, making sure ensuring that they are locked as well. Um, I think the last time I checked, I, you know, I think our camera numbers are over 900. So we have nine, over 900 cameras in the district. Um, so we, we have a lot of physical security, that, and, but we're, we're continuing to add on. Uh, we just are wrapping up a big construction project at Beltair Elementary, uh, securing that vestibule, the front lobby vestibule. Um, that way they uh, visitors do not have access to um, the main campus without being buzzed in. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, is it... You know, you, you, you everybody go, ah, you shouldn't profile, but everybody profiles everybody, you know, just sit in a restaurant and listen to people talking. You know, it's like what we do. It's like it's it's kind of fun. People watching whatever you want to call it. But at the same time, like Brian's saying, when you report, you say, well, that kid's weird, you know, and every school has got weird kids. And some of them turn out to be, you know, the most successful people in the world and other ones are in prison for their life or whatever. But can they, do they do a, if they go, well, this kid is weird. There's something with this kid. You mean the teacher looks at him all day sitting in the classroom and everything. Can the sheriff's department do like a little, like a forensic search on the kids, you know, um, what was social media and things like that, just to make sure that, uh, because that would just be a, a pure suspicion about a person without any tangible, um, but a, but a gut feel. Right. So um, I think what you're talking about is, is what we're going to call moving forward concerning behaviors. Um, so if, if a, there is a concerning behavior for, for a child or a student in our school systems, we're, we're going to investigate that concerning behavior. Uh, we'll work with the sheriff's office. We do have other. And means. confidentially? confidentially to who needs to know, yes. which is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, who needs to know this information and who needs to be involved as we look into what this concerning behavior is. And that's inclusive of, of the family as well. Okay. All right. Okay. You, you stopped no. talking when I said that. There's Why? no morning announcement. You know, we, are now, we are now investigating the following for concerning behaviors. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're no. not going to do that. No. If there, if there is something that our our schools and our families need to be notified of, we'll, we'll make sure the proper notification is out there. Uh, we have a lot of great things moving forward. Uh, we are we've changed our color code process uh, for from a code red, code yellow, code blue uh, to a standard response protocol, which is going to be plain language. Um, so when our campus goes into a hold or a shelter or a, or a lockdown, um, that notification will go out. Mm-hmm. And so you people do, don't have to worry like what what, what is, was a cold yeah, what is uh-huh. a code again? Yellow. Yes. Uh-huh. yes. Plain so, language. And that's you a do simple have, thing, but that's that's a good idea. I mean just clarity of communications. Yeah, absolutely. Really so you have like that. fire drills and and we, lockdown drills yep, and all that stuff. Absolutely. Uh, so we have emergency drills and and fire drills. Um, Florida Fire Prevention Code is going to be finalized here in December. Uh, so currently we do have uh, fire drills and emergency drills. We do have to have an emergency drill and a fire drill within the first 10 days of schools. Um, so there will be drills within the first 10 days of school. Um, but there are rules and regulations on how many drills we are required to have. Okay. Codes. Let's talk dress codes here. Um, because, you know, I remember it wasn't, remember there were uniforms and, you know, khaki pants and a golf shirt and everybody look 
semi-professional and, and casual, but that we threw that out the window. Is that where are we at? So we do have a, a district dress code that um, our families and our community could go to flaglessschools.com. They can see the entire list, um, the comprehensive list of around our, our dress code. So give us the basics on it. What's Give us the, the common sense overall. You know, how should you dress your kid to go to school and how shouldn't you? Um, tops Let's start and with bottoms. shoes. <laughs> start with shoes. Um, well, for elementary, um, closed toe shoes. Um, for um, secondary, they are allowed to wear Crocs. We prefer that they are in sport mode, which means that the back is on the back of them. Those are the things that our students are most um, uh, concerned about can I wear my Crocs? And yes, mm-hmm. they can wear Crocs. Um, we prefer that they're in sport mode. Um, sport so you mode. can't wear flip flops. No flip flops um, in some of our schools, and and it's tiered by the level of school that they're in. So like we're not FPC. wearing flip flops at um, our elementary schools. So Tommy, if you, you can't FPC. <laughs> yes. So Tommy, you're like, oh my god, you know, this is flip flops going up and down those steps. It's unsafe. Uh, yeah, yeah. We, we, last thing we we need is is a student falling down our stairs, and and we're yeah we have an injury on our campus. Okay, pants, shorts. What uh, what's guys, girls? What uh, what's what's acceptable? What's not? So uh, shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I don't want to get into the specifics. So somebody's going to say, Lashaka said, I'm going to tell them, go to our website, <laughs> look at www.flagoschools.com in order to see exactly what the dress code is for what is allowable for shorts, for pants. You know, it's regulations around tears in the pants, around what's allowable on the um, on the shirt. Um, so go to the website so you can get the, the whole list there. Mm-hmm. T-shirts. Well, what can they say? What can't they say? All of that is on the website. <laughs> <laughs> She's not going to budge on that. <laughs> it's all on the website. All right. You know, and honestly, and, and, and I'm laughing about it, but we are really trying to get our families and our community to go to our website for the accurate information. Oftentimes things are posted on social media or someone says it, right? We're sitting together at the ballpark and I may say this is allowed and then that's what is taken instead of going to our website and getting the accurate information. Well, yeah, you see it on on Facebook, let's say, like instead of going to the website, it'll be someone just makes a post. <laughs> Does anyone know how short shorts I can wear? And you'll get comments, but, you know, yes, are well, those we really the accurate Absolutely. You got to go to the website. Or we have some um, individuals who create flyers, which great intention, but is it the accurate information? Did they get it all? And so I just want to continue to say, please, please, please go to our website. That is where the most up-to-date, accurate information is located. All right. We'll do that. And then we'll have you back and talk about the website. (laughs) Uh, What about, okay, so teachers, seriously, I think, you know, teachers, they're professionals, they're in a profession. I think they should dress professionally. And um, is there a dress code for teachers? All of our employees are asked to wear clothing that is appropriate for their job. And so what you consider as professional or maybe what is um, standard for a teacher to be in, our teachers have different roles and different responsibilities. You know, when I think of some of our teachers that are on the floor constantly with our students, then maybe that teacher isn't in a dress and pantyhose and high heels, you know, so um all of our employees, regardless of their teacher or their a member of our staff, should be dressed appropriate for their job. Okay. Hey, uh, we're 
out of time, but we will check that website. What is the website for the schools? Flaglerschools.com. Okay. All right. So um, let's wrap it up here. Tommy, we're going to give you final words of wisdom here. School starting. You're in charge of keeping everybody safe in our schools. Some final comments from you. No, absolutely. Um, stay tuned for, for future presentations at, at our board meetings. Um, we, we have a great relationship with the sheriff's office. Um, they can go to flaglerschools.com to look at our most up-to-date standard response protocol. Okay, very good. And uh, Angie Bush, director of our food services, keeping all the kids healthy and not hungry and everything. Final words from you. Just thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to speak today and to serve everyone. And um, we look forward to welcoming your students back next week. All right. Mr. Odo, the guy in charge of getting all the kids to school and back home again safely with how many buses? 94 buses, and we have about 5,700 riders out of the total population of students that we have. And the buses fill up at the, you have a pump there for them to fill up gas at the school? We have it right at the garage. We have a large tank, and every driver has to, as soon as it goes down to a half tank, they have to go and fill up. Okay, all right. Um, Words of uh, wisdom for our parents and kids? Well, especially for transportation, um, I would like for the parents to actually also go to the website. We have on the website, they go to transportation, and they can enter the student, their address, and they can find out what is the bus stop for their student. So it's very easy. And the other thing that I would really like to ask is the assistance of the parents and their help in terms of ensuring that the kids, once again, understand the school bus is an extension of the school classroom. Okay. They should behave the same way as they do in the class. And do they? No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And our um, interim superintendent of schools for Flagler County, Lashakamore, final words from you. Uh, So I want to add on to transportation. I want to say to our families, and I said this to our transportation specialist on yesterday, pack your patience. Be very patient with us those first two weeks of schools as we are mastering the routes. Um, Be patient with us. We are doing our our very best and we will get better. Um, The theme for this year is Flagler Forward. I am so excited to serve in this role as interim superintendent. If there's ever anything that I can do for this community, for our families, I'm asked that they contact me directly. My email address is morel at flaglerschools.com and I look forward to working a alongside of our community, our our teachers, our staff, as we move Flagler forward. All right. And from the back seat. Jason Wheeler here. Uh, With the another important announcement. To, yeah, back to school <laughs> jam tomorrow, FPC High School, uh, 10 o'clock until 1 o'clock. All of our schools will be there. Transportation will be there. Food service will be there. You can actually try some of the food. Um, so come. Comes and have all your all your questions answered. All right, I can't believe you waited till the end of the show to say something. <laughs> no, uh, back to school jam tomorrow, ten to one. Yeah, FBC. and also I'm a big fan of uh, Flagler Education Foundation, and they have stuff bus and all those different promotions, and we promote them and, the, and, and support those. It's so important for the school. Absolutely, schools. they are the um, nonprofit direct support um, organization for the school district, and so we could not do what we do without them. So thank you, Flagler Education Foundation, and they'll have backpacks tomorrow free. Free backpacks tomorrow. Brian, you got 10 seconds. Um, thanks for everyone in the Flagler schools for trying to make the kids feel welcomed and important. Thank you. Serving Flagler County for over a decade. WNZF, 1550 AM, 94.9 FM, and W235CW Benel.